Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. About the time when my old professor, Josh Hudson, reached out to me and said, hey, we're starting a school. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. What do you mean starting a school? He's like, well, we started a training facility for uh, film and acting. So I was like, cool, I'd love to go teach yeah. that. So he got me in to teach like one or two cinematography classes, which I loved. Still probably one of my favorite jobs ever. Hey guys, it's Wednesday and you already know what it is, a new episode of Chasing the Frame today. I'm with Johnny Wood. How are you today, Johnny? Fantastic. How are you, man? I'm great, man. And by the way, that <laughs> song that you were like jamming out to, yeah. that comes with the board. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> before we start, like always, I just want to thank everyone listening to the cast and remember that uh, we have Patreon and we have three different tiers to let you know. We have a three-day, so that's the lowest tier. You can listen to the podcast three days before. Or you can listen to that middle tier, which is five days before, which is the next tier, and the last tier, which is that high tier. You can listen to the technically next week's episode today. Wow. How crazy is that? That's awesome. Yeah. I like the options there. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I get people options. Do you want to be kind of early or really early? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it's, it's each throne. Mm-hmm. Each throne, you know. And then on top of that, too, uh, you know the deal. And we'll... Now I, now I lost my train of thought. Usual. So... <laughs> Let's get to it, guys. Who's ready to chase frames today? So, Johnny, how are you again today? Thank you for joining me. So it's a pleasure. It's Exciting. great seeing you, by the way. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen you also in a while. Um, so, first question. Yes. Easiest question ever. Okay. What got you into film slash, you know, acting, oh, all that stuff? What was that man. first, earliest childhood memory? <clears throat> oh, see, you got to hit with the heavy stuff now. That's not heavy. No, but it's, it's funny because uh, I kind of always loved film when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, my mom was super sick growing up. So that was kind of my escapism when I was a kid. And I loved it. And then I think like around 10 or 11, I realized, oh, I could do that at home because mm-hmm. it just started coming out with like cheap enough cameras where, you know, mom and dad can buy it for me, which is I was lucky enough to do that. So I started making really, really shitty short films with my friends. Uh, and then I, I don't remember who brought it up. Someone said, oh, I'm going to go to film school. And this was when I was like... 13 or 14. By the way, sorry to cut you off. Were you yeah. also from Vegas your whole life, by the way? I was trying to Oh, no. No, I was, uh, I was born in Nebraska, and I kind of globetrotted for 18 years. Okay. All right. 
Just making sure I totally forget to ask you that. Usually <laughs> when they're telling the story, I'm like, oh yeah, are you from Vegas, by the way? So I apologize for cutting you off. No, no, I, I grew up all over the place. I think this was uh, Alabama at the time. Okay. That was when I started to, I hooked up with a bunch of friends who were making short films way better than me. Mm. Uh, and then one of them said, yeah, I'm going to go study broadcasting and communication or film mm. over at uh, the University of Alabama. And I was like, oh shit, you can, you can do that for a living. <laughs> Uh, and then I was like, well, you know, this is pretty much all I ever do is just shoot films or watch movies and watch TV. So I was like, shit, I'll just go do that for a living. What was your favorite movie as a child then? Oh, man. Favorite movie as a kid. I was actually just talking to Devin about this, my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? That is a good I movie. I loved that movie. That is a good movie. It was my absolute favorite. I wore out that VHS. It was so good. Really? Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not a good movie. <laughs> But I really love it. Paul Rubens, Luke Perry, uh, Christy... Swanson. Swanson, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Donald Sutherland, right? Yeah, and David Arquette. I forgot David Arquette's David Arquette's yeah, Young that. David Arquette, right? I loved him in that. He's I loved good. that whole cat. Like, it's funny, because my girlfriend loves the show. And I found out, uh, through my travels, that you either love the show yeah. and hate the movie, really? or love the movie and hate the show. And you I think it's just dependent on which both? one you watch first. Do you Do hate both? No, 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 no. I like... I mean, I never really watched the show, so I can't. Really I yeah, me neither. I've seen the first season. I, I liked it. I just never got into it. That's fair. So I mean, I think I remember being a kid and seeing Angel, an episode of Angel, one time, like while eating breakfast, ready, getting ready for school. So I never really like pursued Buffy or anything like that. Yeah. So I apologize. <laughs> no, to Buffy, it wasn't for to me. all those Buffy fans, not to you. You, I've seen the movie for though. I feel. Sorry, I feel bad because I've seen the first season. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's so good," isn't it? I'm like, it's. It's a show. Well, it's like the Doctor Who, like the ninth uh, Doctor, that mm -hmm. Eccleston Doctor. Mm -hmm. I hate that first season for the first four or five episodes. Yeah. So I skipped the Tenant. Like I went straight to Tenant. That's a good move. And and also like my first episode, one or first two episodes I saw of Doctor Who was Matt Smith and David Tennant, like separately. Oh, interesting. It's on BBC America. And so I was like, well, let me watch this whole thing. You know, let me get through this. I said fourth episode of maybe like the ninth or fifth episode of the ninth Doctor. I was like. Uh, nah, I'm gonna <laughs> skip the tenant, the person I know and I like, and then I literally went from tenant all the way to uh, Matt Smith's. Uh, when we were the time of the not the time of the doctor, when the 50th episode, 50th anniversary episode was coming out, uh, yeah, 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 with before, the, yeah. Was that with the war doc, yeah, with the yeah, war doc. Yeah. Um, before that came out, I went back to watch Eccleston to understand everything. Maybe I'm like, maybe I missed shit, yada, yada, yada. And I actually liked the last episodes of Eccleston mm -hmm. more, so the I appreciate half that is great. I appreciate the second half of that thing. So maybe if you watch Buffy, the second that's, season. <laughs> that's what I'm wondering, too. The long-winded way of talking about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, that was funny because I had a similar process with Doctor Who. I mean, yeah. I watched all of Eccleston because my dad yeah. was super excited about when it came back. And he's like, well, we have BBC, so let's watch it. Yeah. But I, I had a better appreciation when I went back and rewatched his episodes. Yeah. I did not like I'm sorry. No, it Well, it's rough, too. It's the first season of anything. It's mm -hmm. totally, totally rough in general. So I understand where that's coming from. But again, bigger appreciation that second half. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay, so you're making kid, uh, movies as children, and then you decide, hey, I'm to go to college for this, right? Yeah. Were you like, doing anything well, in high school, though? Like theater or anything no, of that nature? That was, that was the, the fun part. Since I was eight, I was always told, you should be an actor. You should be yeah. in front of the camera or on stage. And it was never a thing for me until mm -hmm. uh, about a year and a half ago, give or take. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just, I was like, well, this is all I really know. And uh, I kind of screwed up my first year of high school. So regular yeah. college was a question <laughs> for me. Uh, I mean, I, I got it back. But no, I just... I made that decision when I was like 12 or 13. I don't mm. know exactly remember why, but it's all I've ever done pretty much my whole life. What so. was one of your earliest uh, films you made? Oh, man. <clears throat> I hope I still have some of these, too. It would be great. I can send these to you. Uh, 
we used to live in Prattville, Alabama, which had like like 20,000 people when I lived there, maybe. Mm -hmm. And we would make these really, really just terrible student films out in the middle of these woods. Uh, and I can't remember what any of them were about, but they were just so bad. Uh, I think the first thing I ever made was a claymation, oh, wow. stop motion clam claymation sort of thing. Lots of credit for that, by the way. Uh, Lots of credit. That took so much work. Uh, I had no patience for it's that. So bad. I, I think I did lie. like six frames a second. It was it was real bad, but I did it. <laughs> I did it. I got it from. Uh, I kind of stole the idea uh, from a place called Knox's Clay Corner back in like the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. um, that was a complete rip off of that. Sorry. Okay. Hey, you know what? You <laughs> learn through that craft of ripping off people. Yeah. As an see? artist. Yeah. Yeah. Artists rip off artists all the time. True. True statement. Man, dude, when I was younger, I was like, "Oh, that's a good idea. Let me just do that, but my own way." And it was not yeah. good. Oh, you know, it works. Yeah. Uh, so, how'd you end up in Vegas then? I came out here for college. So I graduated high school May twenty seventh, two thousand and eight, and then May twenty eighth, I started driving out here. For uh, college at the Art Institute of Las Vegas, which is technically in Henderson, because uh, I couldn't afford to live out in Florida. Yeah, my both my parents were moving out here, so I followed them for college, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Fuck it, I was do that." And then I just never left. Did you want to go sure full sale? By the way, I did. I I applied for full sale, and then I realized they didn't have like student assisted housing. Mm -hmm. um, at least at the time, they didn't. And so I was like, "Well, I can't really afford to pay for rent out here," which is the only reason why I didn't end up going because I had an interview set up to go out there because mm -hmm. I was really excited about it because it's like you know yeah. actual training. You get up at like four in the morning and you have to go there oh, by wow. six, and yeah, I, it's cruel. I didn't it really know cool. all that stuff. Yeah, and then I was like, you know what sounds good? The Art Institute. <laughs> that worked out well. No, I love my education. I just I. I, I yeah, <laughs> it's a long, it's a long convoluted. What was story. that? What was that college like experience? Especially in like, I guess like, what was the film community like? What was the film, uh, I guess, classes like back in Vegas in in that in that time? It was interesting because we started out when I first got here. We started out on DV tape. Yeah, that was like the big thing at the time. Mm -hmm. So we were working on like Panasonic DVX one hundreds, which everyone. Yep. I say that everyone's like, oh, I used that camera once. It's great. It's like the starting off point it's for you. The cinema DV camera with twenty four p. We used that, and we used the uh, the Sony EX1, which I freaking love, by yeah. the way, for any, like, run-and-gun documentary stuff still. I mean, it's kind of outdated now, but, like, it still has a great image quality, and it's super easy to use. Um, but, no, we it was fun, because uh, I think I the first two and a half years I was there, I didn't even do a short film. Oh, really? What'd you do? Uh, we did, like, a bunch of small projects that were, like, supposed to be short films, but I could never wrap my brain around doing the whole thing. So a lot of my projects were just, like, scenes. Oh, like interesting. Work, um, which I'm kind of bummed about. I wish I had taken it a little bit more seriously in the first couple of years there. But then, like, halfway through, something clicked, and we started doing, like, 48-hour film festivals, mm -hmm. and I got to do more of the, like, creative things outside of college. Because we, yeah. we had um, a lot of, like, narrative-style classes at AI, but it was mostly... Like, how do you run a camera? And, like, how do you start editing projects? And it was really bare-bones basic stuff, which I almost dropped out because I took, you know, TV production in high school because I was bored and I needed something that would pad my GPA. Uh, and so I was a bunch of stuff that I had already known for, like, mm -hmm. the first year and a half. So okay. I was, like, really not excited about it. Yeah. And then uh, I met, uh, finally got a class with, like, the teacher that I was warned about forever, Josh Hudson, and he was supposed to be, like, some dictator and, like, really hard and harsh. And he was. He pushed really, really hard. But once I took his classes, I grew so much because we got to do, like, news packages, which gave me a new appreciation of how to, like, quickly tell a story. Yeah. Or he was my editing teacher for our two of the three editing classes I have, which was fantastic because he taught me a bunch of stuff. He's, like, an Emmy Award-winning news broadcast, like, what, what are you, photojournalist. Yeah, photojournalist. Photojournalist. Yes. Uh, and so it was really cool to learn from him. Um 
less creative stuff, but I mean, it was really, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, news packages are a fucking pain in the ass, oh, too. Bro. Yeah. I have so much respect for you people. Yeah, no, I, I could never do it. Yeah. I couldn't. There's I like, cut, I like turn around times. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Oh. Dude, no. I, haven't cut, I actually haven't cut a package in a long time since really? I've been back. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's because, it, you know what, too? Like, we have a lot of MMJs. So, mm. a lot of the guys or gals, uh, they cut their own stuff now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so just, interesting. But, like, or they, because also I get in at four and mm. they get in at three and they come in a little earlier and they have to cut their package for the show. So, technically, I'm by the time I come in, I'm supposed to be out the door with them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm supposed to get in, lock and load, and poof, we're out. So, interesting. yeah. You know, I'd be I'd be more interested in going into news if all I had to do was shoot. Well, hey, I mean, I think the later shows and stuff like that they have to edit also. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's just my, from the morning show experience and stuff like that. So, I it's been a while since I got a package. Mm. It, I I don't mind it. Yeah, but I can complain also if I have to cut one because it's nice to do. Um, so you did that, and then after college, it after college, what happened? So right after college, uh. I got a couple of a couple of really cool gigs. Mm-hmm. I got to do uh, Katy Perry's "Waking Up in Vegas" music video, oh. the PA for that. Okay. Uh, which, if you watch that video, the class ring or the the wedding ring she has on is my wedding ring, which is fantastic. I have it back finally, but they gave it away twice. Those assholes lost my ring twice. You have a wedding ring? No, it was my class ring from high school because oh. I, <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was so dumb. Like they're like, "Hey, you should come be a PA," and I was like, "Cool, I'll come be a PA." And I came like in really nice jeans and like nice shoes and everything. Not was at that your all first ready gig? to work. Yeah, it was my first like professional yeah, gig. And I, but I had to ha- happen to have the ring on, and uh, the first assistant for the art director yeah. uh, was also from AI and ran over to me because he knew I was always wearing it. He was like, "Hey, can we borrow your ring?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." He's like, "Just make sure I get it back." And uh, so that ring that she wears and the ring that Daniel Negreanu has and he's like examining it at the poker table is mine. And then directly after they shot that stupid scene with Negreanu, he gave it to one of the hotel patrons. A $350 ring. Holy shit. Yeah. So we had to chase them down. But uh, that was like my first cool, fun gig outside of, well, I mean, I was technically in college at the time. It was your first professional gig too. Yeah, it was great. Um, And then I got to do American Idol. Oh. I mean, all I did was lug water around and like build... Like did the, the you meet Simon? I met no one. <laughs> I met no one, and then I fucked up. I got a call back because I was mm-hmm. only supposed to do a one-day setup thing. Um, and then they called me the next day. They're like, hey, we need someone to come in and, you know, help run the show and just, you know, get drinks and stuff for, for whomever needs it. And I was all about it, but I was like, I've got my portfolio defense. And it was like the week before my final class. And oh, so I was like, shit. I can't do this. You know, I'm starting to graduate. Like, this got to do this. And because uh, I was told specifically that you cannot miss any classes. If you miss a single class, you're failing that you have to fail and then you'll have to come back and take it again. So oh, I was shit. like, well, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, so yeah. I, ca- I called out of the second day of American Idol. And I get to school and I told my teacher about it and he basically threatened to fail me for not taking the call. And I was so mad because they loved me. They absolutely yeah. loved me. And I feel like if I had gone there, I'd be in LA right now. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a dual-edged sword in itself mm-hmm. too because it's like you can't show up. You can't, I'm sorry, you can't miss classes. Also, at the same time, they kind of should be a little bit understanding to that right. you're a graduate student yeah. or a graduating student as well, which is kind of it's bullshit, I think, <laughs> to be honest. It's like, you know, I mean, if you could go back in time, what would you do differently? Like, would you take that Would you take that gig? Oh, 100%. Yeah? Oh, yeah. But even if they failed you? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, well, because now looking back on it, I wish I had done that just in that even if they had failed me, the guy called me specifically. Yeah. Like, I was the first person he called, which was really cool because – Towards the end of the day, I think it was like a 15-hour day. 
it got to the point where they're calling for free PAs on the radio and no one was answering but me, which is oh, wow. not to, like, it's like a humble brag right there. I'm just, I'm an over, I'm overachiever. Free. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I was just like, it's whatever, because it's, it's stupid stuff. Like, can you lug this case of water? Can you get us more batteries? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, dude. It's easy fucking, shit. Yeah, yeah, it's easy. Like, why am I going to? I can complain. Yeah, so I'm like lugging water on my shoulder. They're calling over the radio for somebody. So I've got water on one arm, and I'm like, I'll be right there in a second. And I throw the water down, and I like run over. So everyone was super proud of me. So I, I wish that I had said yes to that. Although, I don't know if I really want to do TV forever. I yeah. probably would have been stuck in that. But well, I think TV could have helped you grow at least yeah. and got you to that next level anyway, maybe. Mm-hmm. So you can't really just say you'd be stuck in TV. You don't even know. Accurate. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that went from TV to film. That's true. So And yeah. vice versa. And also, I mean, American Idol is a big, big project. It is. Yes. You know what? It, hey, you know what? You live and learn. Because mm-hmm. you know what? At the same time, you're probably scared, like you said, getting that gradu- uh, graduating and stuff like that, too. My sister is calling me. Oh. Well, no, no. Shh. <laughs> I'm being famous right now. You are famous. <laughs> uh, but no, out of college, I think uh, that's where uh, you and I met. Yeah, okay. Like very shortly after I left college. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know it was that shortly. I graduated in March of 2012, and yeah. then June, I started uh, pretty much full-time at... Money East. East. Yeah, because I was I was at Fremont East the next year, August twenty thirteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you came in, you came in. There was some miscommunication between upper management and myself, and I, uh, yeah, yeah, I screwed that up. Oh, there's I have a funny story about this. So I I am, uh, I Freeman's probably gonna watch this, isn't he? I don't know. I told him (laughs) about the pod. I actually asked him about the podcast. Um, to be on it, and he said, "Yeah, sure." And I was like, "Hey, what days are free?" But he never answered back, so I don't want to keep bugging him. I don't want to bug him. Fair. Am I? Am I, am I going to have that? Yeah, he's he, done so much. I know. I would uh, love to get him on the podcast, Freeman. If you are listening to this, please. This is in March, Freeman. Yeah, if you're come. listening to this in March or April, whenever this is, I'm totally. Wait, hold on. Let me figure this out real Just quick. Wander back to Vegas for a few days. Actually, we'll I, can him, I, can, I can get him on the. Uh, yeah, he can just call. I in. can call in, dude. Don't be lazy. I can call come in, on. Freeman. Freeman, don't be lazy. Give me a day where you're free. Or I'm just gonna start randomly throwing out days to you. <laughs> it's funny because I'll mention I'll mention Freeman's name because he's not part of the story. Uh, but I'll keep the rest of them nameless. I might have told you this. I don't know. So you came on board as our our kind of replacement for Nina when Nina left. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there was a project that we had shot for a company in downtown that was I set to offload. I put my the Panasonic next to my laptop. In the studio, I set it to offload. Everything was great. Nina and I went off to go shoot. Come back, and my camera's gone. It's disconnected from the laptop. Uh, <laughs> my laptop is closed. And turns out the uh, administrative assistant for the office had decided to format the card and oh, unplug shit. it. This was the project that went missing. Oh. And rather than throw that person under the bus, I just kind of ate it, and I wish I hadn't done that now because mm. I feel like uh, I burned some bridges with some folks that yeah. I probably shouldn't have. So that's another lesson for you. Oh, hey, Just you learn lessons. Speak up. Life yeah. is about lessons. I was like, oh, I've, I, Freeman's never going to talk to me again. <laughs> and he does, though. It's great. That's it's good. Fantastic. By the way, your episode is released on April 1st. Hey. How, how <laughs> awesome is that? It's going to be great. That's yeah. exciting. So, Freeman, if you're listening to this now April 1st or yeah. anytime past April 1st, yeah. please reach back out to me. <laughs> or I have reached out back to you by this time and you're on the podcast in a future episode somehow. Do you follow him on Facebook or anything like that? No, I mean, yeah, we're friends on Facebook. I have his number still and everything. He is just cranking yeah. crap out right now. I know. He's a busy man, the busy bee. Uh, so, but what, what was that time at Fremont East before I got there? Like, what were you guys doing? Because I don't, I mean, just speaker series. Speaker series? Like, when we, because when we first started, it was with the downtown project. Uh, and it was, it was Mimi's little brainchild with Tony Shea. And uh, basically, 
I think everything we did was like weird and like incest between DTP projects, and that was about it. We were doing like Catalyst Creative series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did. I moved to New York. I heard. I did. That's what I heard too. I haven't. I haven't seen much about it, but uh, I keep getting emails every once in a while. Yeah. That's but. No, it was like Catalyst Creative, the Speaker Series. Fashion um, show, right? Yeah, the, the, the Fashion Week. Well, the Fashion Week was fun. I didn't get a chance to ever go to it, but I got to edit a package for that. 2000. Oh. No, it was right before you got there. Okay. So, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think the only things we did, I don't think I did anything with Free Money East outside of Free Money East. Mm. Yeah, because everything was like. Insular? Yeah. I think we did a couple like cool mini docs. Like yeah. I got to do the eat mini doc. And the work, doc work in progress. One. Yeah. The work in progress one, which I think is still online. Either that one or the, the eat one is still online. And I went back and rewatched it like six months ago and I realized I could have done way better. Yeah. <laughs> I could have done so much better on that. What, 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 what could you do better on that? Uh, faster paces. I, for me, when I graduated college, I didn't have a whole lot of like completed finished work. Yeah. Like, I had scenes that were really good and I had some shots that were really good. Cause I wanted to go be a, a videographer and cinematographer. But my, like, overall vision of how a project should start, like, the, the building of a story yeah. was not quite there. And, and with that being a mini-doc, it's, you know, it's linear storytelling, it's mm-hmm. whatever. But I felt like there were certain things that I dwelt on a little too long. Like, there are some shots that were, like, really long. Because I think it's eight or nine minutes. Yeah. It could have been, like, four. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, again, learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, about learning. I mean, pacing. Yep. You know, pushing I mean, I, I did the same thing probably uh, when I started editing as well. Like, I was... Didn't know what to really use. Didn't know like how long to keep a shot. And then, you know, you don't really know. Like you're like, oh, this looks great. And you're like, oh, this is kind of we go back to it like two years later. Like, I'm bored as fuck right now. I, exactly. Yeah. And and I love that though because like even uh, just going back at the work I've done six months ago yeah. with with Lightspeed, I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that better. Yeah. But that's a Lightspeed has been super helpful for me editing wise of trying yeah. to figure out making decisions faster. Well, before Lightspeed, what happened after Free Money's done? Oh, free money. I left free money. East. Uh, this is weird scheduling and like, I don't know, there's a lot going on in life. My mom had just passed away. And so I wasn't quite all together. So I left and I did uh, downtown Rangers for two years, which, which is, I miss, by the way, they're still around. They are. Yeah. There's like two people. Yeah. That's why I miss them. Yeah. There used to be more. Yeah. We used to be a 24 hour service around the clock, you know, helping to create the most enjoyable downtown experience worldwide. Uh, I did that for two years. There was a massive shakeup and they laid everybody off, but like five of us. And then uh, I got kind of bored with it at the, about the time when my old professor, Josh Hudson, reached out to me and said, hey, we're starting a school. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. What do you mean starting a school? He's like, well, we started a training facility for uh, film and acting. So I was like, cool, I'd love to go teach yeah. that. So he got me in to teach like one or two cinematography classes, which I loved. Still probably one of my favorite jobs ever. And then uh, eventually I got to move up to be the education coordinator when he took over the whole campus when uh, oh. the previous director what, left. What school is this? This was the International Academy of Film and Television. It has since closed, and I'm, oh, it's unfortunate. Brian Alfredo went there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. forget. We've got weird, like, connections. Yeah, yeah. We have, like, a weird six <laughs> were they, were separation. They on? Yeah, they were on. They were on, actually. Uh, yes, I know them. Uh, they probably thought it was real weird and strange. But, they, uh, they didn't talk to you about you. Yeah, we were just talking about their acting and all yeah. their acting classes. Yeah. but. I love to hear about. They didn't talk about me. I'm supposed to be important. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. We actually, I don't think we. The most I saw with them was actually outside of school when uh, everyone graduated. I got to go to a Halloween party. I think that's the most time I spent with them mm-hmm. ever because they were the acting side. And yeah. while I was in charge of both sides, I really focused on the filmmaking side because that's what I knew. What was that experience like? Tell me about it. It was amazing. Yeah. I absolutely. I love uh, education and I love teaching people and I love film. So mm-hmm. it was like probably still my favorite job that I've best ever had. Of both, best of three worlds. It was so cool because I did, you know, I taught cinematography classes and writing. Well, 
writing, more producing, mm-hmm. um, editing, color correction. It was it was a lot of fun. It was really cool to watch people grow. It was also really cool to watch the people that I hated, not like by personally, like personality wise. We had students that would come in. And without fail, there'd always be one or two students who just would not learn a single thing, no matter how hard you teach them. So you'd see like this group of people and you'd see these handful that are just going on to do crazy, amazing things. Like mm-hmm. half of my my students that I taught personally are working with Quantum, Quantum Arc yeah. uh, Productions, Quantum Arc Media. Quantum Arc Media. Media. Ooh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. uh, um, working with Luhan, working with uh, um, the Mahal brothers and they're all going out and making these movies. And one of them is out there like doing stuff with, uh, with Disney and ABC and all wow. this. And it's really cool. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I love that job. And I just love the fact that, well, I feel I was terrible at it in certain times. Well, apparently not. Cause they're working with all I, these people. Yeah. I'm like, get to watch all these students go off and do great things. There's an acting student, uh, Emily Cheneau, who's done, I think, uh, six or seven features now, and she's on some kids' feature right now, and she's oh, wow. posting about it. It's really cool. So it's exciting awesome. to see. I was in some way a part of that. You were the mother hen. Right, and then here I am making interactive virtual training. <laughs> so that was what? Well, Which actually, I love. I do by, love it. By the way, before I ask about that, how, why? I guess you would know more why it closed. Why did the school close? IFT? Yeah. Oh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it. Well, whatever you're allowed to we, say, if you want to say it. You can say hey, you plead the fifth, and we can go <laughs> on to the next thing. Um, there, so the, the people that started the school didn't manage the budget very well. So when Josh and I took over running everything, we were left with very little money. Um, and our direct supervisor who was in LA was pretty cool. She helped us out as much as she possibly could, but the guy that owned everything Mm -hmm. started to, to see the losses that were happening because it was a for-profit training school, like either six months or 12 months, you can get your diploma or your certificate. Um, but when he started to implement, you can get loans for things because uh, he, it was really weird. He also owned the loan company oh. that people can get loans from. Yeah, I don't, I don't entirely know how. Yeah, it was, it all I was, was wondering if you knew. But it was weird and hinky, and then all of a sudden the guy was like, well, "I'm shutting down all my American side businesses" because he lived in the Philippines. He's like, oh. "Everything that I own in the in the in the U.S. is just getting shut down." So, oh. so was there more know. than one school? I think I asked Brian oh, for this, but I don't man. know if they knew. I don't remember now. I'll ask you. Was there more than one school? We had I seven. Not too bad. We had one in the Brussels. We had one in the Philippines. One in China, which is still up. It got purchased. Uh, I think it was in Hong Kong specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think it got purchased by an independent person. Uh, and then we had that oh, was Cebu was in the Philippines. And we had L.A. and Vegas. And I thought we had one more in the U.S. But so at least five. Okay. So it was yeah. It was it was a pretty decent size. It was pretty. I cool. have one in New York. Yeah, right. Well, that was the funny thing is we, because that was the, the, at the school, we were trying to come up with ways to, to make money and to do that. He, the owner of the schools had like a little TV station that he has mm-hmm. online. And so we were trying to think of what could we do to, to kind of pad the, the stuff there. And we were going to go to New York. But there's too many stuff. in New York also. Like you have yeah. school of visual arts, you have, uh, you know, New York, New, NYU, mm-hmm. you have the New York SUNY. Film Academy, any SUNY, any, even CUNY schools too, city mm-hmm. schools. So I mean, New York's a cesspool. I guess that's if that's the correct word of filmmaking. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I don't not. Know. Na- no, I'll take negative. that. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, New York. <laughs> Love you. The East, yeah, but not a cesspool. Like I used to. I told well, you're it. from Jersey. Right? Yeah. yeah. Of course, you don't um, like New York. I like New York. <laughs> I like going into New York, going to the galleries, go for free, and then come home. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> How'd you guess? And then also going to B and H and just being like, oh shit, oh. Oh, you got to go to their actual yeah, dude. It's, store? It is like Santa's workshop. I, I shit you not, because you just see like, um, you see like uh, things flying on conveyor belts, mm. and a, 
oh, oh, oh. And it's funny because Adorama has a brick and mortar store too in New York. Oh, right by, they? yeah, kind of, I think around B, by B&H, something like that. And instead of like seeing their conveyor belts, you like look at the bottom and it just comes out of the bottom conveyor belt. <laughs> and you're like, it's like, oh shit, that's cool too. So I've been to it's both stores. Yeah. That's, I, I love the, the B&H guys because I got to shoot uh, NAB the last couple of years. Yeah. And I love watching the B&H guys walk around because you know exactly who they are. Yeah. They're like the most Jewish looking people Well, so there. is the Adorama people. They're Jewish yeah. too. Oh, yeah. it's so great, dude. I love them. And they're I, so nice. So I was told a like, fun story too once about that. So you look at B&H, you, shop in, you, sh- you, you browse B&H, you shop in Adorama. You know what? You're not wrong. I mean, Adorama's got better prices. Yeah. I like B and H, but I like they're, they're too. pricey for sure. I love B and H also. No offense to B and H, I've gone there more times than Adorama. I think I've only purchased from B and H though. I've like, purchased from Adorama a few of times. My gear is B and H gear. I brought my sixty D at Adorama. I lied. Uh, if I didn't buy my gear from B and H, it was given to me. It was bequeathed upon me. Ah, yeah. Bequeathed. I've got a lot of free gear. That's weird. cool. Hey. So weird. I've yeah. got two light kits at the house. Only one I paid for. That's not a bad deal. <laughs> I'm jealous. I don't know how I, and it's funny cause I was talking to a friend of mine about this. I've got yeah. like one of my buddies from college still has a shotgun mic that I gave him like, good God, nine years ago now to fix. And yeah. I just forgot it. He had it. And <laughs> then I, uh, one of my old college professors who was a coworker at Lightspeed has one of my tape decks. And I realized that I have like three grand worth of gear just lent out to people that I completely forgot about. Shit. You could have rented that out to people. I know. You know the amount of money I'd make right yeah. now? I'd be like, oh, you've had three, it for nine years. That three grand <laughs> is like 12 grand. Probably. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's funny because it's all the, the gear that was like given to me for free, so I don't really care that bad, but I do need that <laughs> tape deck back, Robert, at some point. Robert, if you're listening. Robert, <laughs> he will be listening. I'm, I'm sharing this to everybody. I'm excited oh, oh, about good. this. It's okay. a cool idea. Have you told anyone at Lightspeed? No. Okay. No, I have not. All right. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I was like, let's just, we'll, we'll keep Yeah, yeah okay. We'll keep all right. Well, April 1st, we'll find out about it. <laughs> I get to be famous. That's so... Great. How did you get to Lightspeed? After IFT, right? IFT. Oh, yeah. IFT closed, and I was freaking out because most of my employment opportunities have come from people who I know, which yeah. is, you know, the old, like, it's not what you know, it's who you know, which is really true because every single production gig I've gotten has been someone that I know. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be the absolute right time for Lightspeed to call me. This was summer of 2016. Were you looking? Well, were you, I guess we were in the process of looking while that happened. I was, yeah. I went back to the Rangers um, for a couple of days a week just to kind of pad my income. And then I was happening to like look around, but not too seriously because I was comfortable with where I was. And then uh, Robert Cochran reached out to me, which was one of my other high school uh, or high school college professors. And he was like, hey, we have an opening for a PA position. And, you know, I'm being an asshole. And I'm like, oh, PA position? I've been doing this for nine years. You should pay me real yeah. money. Uh, and then I went in and did the interview and I was like, oh, this is an easy gig. I can do this. And uh, that was 2016 and I've been there on and off since. Nice. So, yeah. I have a question also before yes. we get, continue into that thing because I just realized the Art Institute, have you heard about, are they still around? The one in Las Vegas is still here. Because I, I went there for a story mm-hmm. about how they were closing but they were trying to get the money and then like I heard recently someone stole the money or oh, something no. like that. I, didn't hear that. I don't know if that's true or not, or maybe they're like when I heard that they thought of the old story of like oh that could closing. Be, yeah, so I I don't yeah. know if you heard, I, I know if any new developments. I was wondering if you heard. I don't know the latest and greatest right now. I yeah. do know that it is still around because Josh Hudson uh, actually mm-hmm. got together with a bunch of the other teachers. They pooled their money and got with an investor, and they're trying to make it a private institution. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they're going to keep the name. Uh, yeah, they weren't working. They were thinking about changing the name I, one time. And I then, think they should. Yeah, they really should because I I think that they're doomed to from the start if they don't. 
um, just because there's so much hatred for the art institutes as a whole. And it sucks because the corporation was terrible. Like, mm. I, I hated the corporation, but all of the teachers that I had, mm, most of the teachers that I had were fantastic. There yeah. was one teacher that was literally just teaching off of YouTube tutorials, and I got a little mad about that. But the rest of them, like, I learned so much about how to be a decent human being and how to interact with people through college because with high school, I kind of was a shut-in, and I didn't mm. do much. So being forced to be around people and working at the school, I loved it. Um, so I kind of hope they get to keep it around. Gotcha. But I actually, don't know. I actually uh, emailed, or I called the one dude who's like for adjuncts. So I was curious to be an adjunct, mm-hmm. and he never called me back. Mm. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. They lost a couple of teachers in the transition because they they were going like six to eight weeks without pay. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening now. I, as far as I know, it's still yeah. around. Um, but in terms of adjunct, I think they need to have a master's degree. Oh, do you? Yeah. I have like so much experience. Their, yeah, that's that's my thing. Is uh, And that was where they kind of got in trouble as AI, is they were letting it like slip through the cracks, people coming in with bachelor's degrees, because they would take the experience, but they were getting in trouble with incredi- accreditation. Oh. At least my particular branch, from what I understand about it. Gotcha. Was getting in trouble with accreditation because the people weren't, they didn't have the education requirements for their accredited, whatever accreditation body. I, I just know. wish you called me back, that's all. Yeah, right? No, like, exactly. Nice little callback. I mean, I, st- I stuttered a little bit on the phone call, <laughs> but I was like, I didn't know what to really, like, say. So right. Like, I'm Jed DeMarco. Mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll, I'll teach today. for you. I'll, I'll teach, teach for you. Thanks, guys. Oh, 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 no, Pete. <laughs> uh, so, okay, you're at light speed. Uh, we yeah. can we can kind of fast forward if you want to not sure. talk about. No, that's whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm an open book. Okay, well, um, what's the experience like been at, at Light Speed? Just working in production. That, that, that's all we want to know. Oh, man. That's a roller coaster of emotions. So when I first got there, I was excited because it was the first job ever that was super low stress that I didn't take home with me. Yeah. I was like, this is easy. I'm just coming in and shooting and meeting people, and it's whatever. Like, it's a studio environment. So you walk in, you're scrolling a teleprompter, or you're making sure a guy doesn't have spit bubbles popping out of his mouth, and then you, you rough cut it and you go home. And it was great uh, for about six months. <laughs> Then it got it got really intense. It got into a, where we need to make more money, which is as businesses do yeah. need to make more money. And then it just got more and more stressful. Like every six to nine months, there would be a massive shift or change in policy. Um, and then like the big shakeup happened. Uh, I think the beginning of two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, everything was fun. Two thousand seventeen, because um, we had a little studio department, and that's what I was part of, and I loved that because it was just a tiny little thing. And then they dissolved that to make one giant production department, and that was the downfall for me the first time. Yeah, <laughs> because the it was a good idea. Yeah, um, but I'm not a huge fan of if something's broken, let's try to fix what's broken. And we went with the let's overhaul it and rebuild it from the ground up method. And there were a lot of like growing pains with that. And I think I had like three managers in the span of six months. Oh. And right before I left in September, I worked five weeks in a row with three days off and I had to come in at like three o'clock in the morning to finish stuff. And it just got so draining and my attitude was so shitty that I got fired like two and a half weeks after I signed my lease to live closer to work. Wow. But uh, I came back. Well, what happened in between that then? What did you, what were you doing? Oh God. Okay, so I got hired on as a PA. Yeah. Um, I got promoted to lead PA when we, we got rid of my cohort PA. Uh, it was really interesting because he trained me on how to be uh, proficient at the job. And then our bosses pulled me into the office and were like, hey, now that you know what you're doing, you need to train him on how to be better, which I thought was really weird. Yeah. Uh, I did the best that I could. And he, he picked it up quite a bit. But uh, CEO 
got rid of him, promoted me to lead PA, which was like a new position, Mm -hmm. which was great. So I got to hire the following PAs, which were really cool. And then I got to be promoted to studio director. So at the time, that's what I was doing. Uh, I think now we're called studio coordinators or something, but that was my job was I would prep scripts. I would meet the clients. I would get everything set up and I would, you know, shoot with them in studio and do whatever they needed to do. And then I was in charge of these PAs and it was great. And then when they dissolved that, that position, I still did all of that and editing on top of it. So all of a sudden I'm doing like PA jobs and studio directing jobs and the editor jobs. And it got to be a bit much, but I got to learn a lot too about uh, time management and, you know, how to be better at being efficient without losing quality. So (laughs) it was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. I mean, they were, Stressful times, yeah. but I enjoy Any it. Any job has stressful times, to be honest. Yeah, and it's it's the closest thing I can have to teaching and film, I guess, because we do the educational content. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I enjoy that aspect of it. But coming back in, like, March or April of this year, because uh, I was fired in September, September 9th, mm-hmm. and then I got rehired, like, March following year because my uh, Jessica got promoted to be the manager of the whole department Yeah, and called me up and was like, Hey, we have an opening because you left. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, we hopped Sebastian over to your old job and then, uh, they promoted me or they brought me back and it's a completely different place. Oh, good. I have had maybe like three stressful days since I've been back in like the six months I've been back. Always a plus. Yeah. It's completely different now. And it's a lot of fun to go to work. There's obviously stressful times as you yeah, say yeah. with any job, but it's, it's not nearly as stressful as it was. And it's a lot of fun now. Get to meet good. a lot of people. Good for so, you. Yeah. I'm happy for you, actually. Yeah, it's fun. It's always a plus. So, but uh, you act also. You never told me uh, when you started acting and how you started acting. When I was so, a wee child, <laughs> I played a liver in kindergarten. Played a liver. I played a liver. I wore a, like a little little uh, paper bag. Was this about the human body or this something? Was, yeah, we were learning about the organs and I played the liver. Could not tell you what the liver does, except that I drink too much. That's not true at all. I don't drink <laughs> at all. But uh, no, that was, so Whatever's I did that when I was a kid. And then I just stopped. <laughs> I don't, uh, something happened. I'm still trying to figure that out. Something happened like around seven or eight years old. And I just hated being in public. I hated talking to people. I hated being the center of attention. Yeah. Uh, I still kind of do. Um, but I'm better with it now. So I was told ever since I was a kid and when I, that outlet got taken away from me that I should always, you know, I should go into theater and acting and all that jazz. And I was like, no, I'm not any good about it. Not any good with it. So I got into band instead because you can kind of blend. Yeah. I did choir and band when I was uh, a kid kid. Uh, and then I switched to just band when I was in high school. Which my, band? I played trumpet. I played trumpet for six years and French horn for six months. And I was terrible at the French horn because I could not hear myself. But you could, but, hear, you could hear yourself on trumpet? Yeah. It was, it was a lot easier for trumpet because it's weird because the French horn is so muted when you stick your hand in it. Oh, really? And there were only two of us, so I couldn't hear myself, but the director could obviously hear me, and he didn't he didn't approve of my, oh. my playing. I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> it was bad. What's the French horn again? It's the, is that the... It's like a it's like a little loop-de-loop, and it's got a giant bell that you stuff your hand in, and then oh, it's yeah, like yeah, a trumpet, yeah. but a little bit more complicated. Yeah. I just never hear about the French horn in a long time, I feel like. I love... French horn is one of my favorite instruments that's not a string instrument. Because I but love you hate playing strings. it. I was terrible at it. I would love to learn. I'd love to learn to be better at it. But yeah. no, I was terrible at it. But no, so I I, I skipped acting, um, went into marching band for two years, and I moved to Florida. I kind of gave up everything and just did like my TV production class, went home, played WoW, gained like 80 pounds, got real fat. Uh, and then I did some some acting in school because you have to for the short films. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. I enjoy this. So I started taking... Um, 
electives to learn about voice acting and, mm-hmm. and, and acting classes with Scotty Scott, who is amazing, who turned out was one of my professors and then one of my coworkers at IFT later in life. And that's when I kind of got the bug. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually use it until my girlfriend got me into a play in 2016, right before I joined Lightspeed. Um, what I was did, the play? It was Dublin Rising. It was the, uh, I don't know if it was technically the world premiere. It was the world premiere uh, show because they had done a stage reading of it before, but this was like a full-on production with like a set and we built sets and we had massive costumes. It was really cool. We did it at the Summerlin Library Theater. I was British Soldier. That was the name of it. I was the main villain. I had four lines. It was great. And, and I mean, wasn't mic'd, so no one heard <laughs> me. Not a single person heard me. Project, man. Project. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, there's one, there's like, there's an extra mic there. I was like, you, everyone around me is mic'd. I should yeah. be mic'd. Like, well, it's only for the singers. And I'm like, well, no one's going to hear the, it doesn't matter. There were four lines. It didn't matter. It's great. <laughs> what if you just lost your voice and you're like miming it the whole time? I'm just like, ha! <laughs> Bang. No, it was really funny because that show, uh, there was so much drama with it that I don't remember half of it, but there were, there were two defining moments that, kind of bit me with the acting bug. There was a scene we added in the day after my birthday and like the day before the show went up, we added a scene in and uh, it was literally just me walking into this brothel asking for somebody that wasn't there. And I said, well, I'm going to, you know, I'll get what I came to get, which I was like insinuating. I was going to, you know, do, do some rapey things, which was really uncomfortable for me because it was weird. I'm doing it in a British accent, which I'm not trained in. Yeah. But I, we read the, read the lines out loud, and the entire room just kind of, like, shuddered at how creepy I was. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do that for a living. <laughs> I was like, that's great. And then the second night up, we were doing the play, and there's a moment in the spoiler where I kill somebody. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like a big moment of the play. And as we're going through the scene, I'm trying to stay as focused as I can, but there's, like, all these audience reactions, which is great. And then I heard this, this like, teen just whisper very loudly, oh my God, he's going to shoot that guy. <laughs> and then I did. And I was like, yeah, you know, she got so excited about that. I was like, yeah, this is, this is something I want to do. And then I didn't do it for two years. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. You're good. It was great. And then I was, I was, you know, weirdly more depressed than usual. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out I really like acting. Yeah. And then when I got fired from, uh, from Lightspeed the first time, the first thing I did was uh, get cast in Macbeth as Malcolm. Oh. And I had done every single performance that that company has done in the last year. I just turned down my first one in January for scheduling conflicts. Oh, wow. It's great. How's it? I love it. Yeah. So much fun. So would you consider yourself more of an actor now or a behind-the-scenes camera person, cinematographer? I mean, I love, yeah. I love my cinematography and editing. I think it'll always be my, my main passion, but mm-hmm. I think I want to pursue acting more. Mm-hmm. And it might be where my career takes me. I don't know. Hey, that's cool. I'm not sure. I really enjoy it. I'm getting more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I think this is like, this is a cool little thing. Yeah. Uh, you asked me to do this a year ago. I'd be like, no, yeah, no, thank you. So <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's super helpful. Yeah. Just in like growing as a human being. Uh, so. I thought I saw something that you were going to do, Romeo and Juliet. Yes, uh, I can officially talk about this because it's not coming out for frick ever. Yeah. Uh, in February, I'll be playing Romeo in Romeo and Juliet, uh, directed by my girlfriend, which is fantastic, and a, a whole slew of people which are going to be great. Um, but no, it was cool. But my first Shakespeare show that I did, obviously, you know, you read it in, yeah. in high school and Darth stuff. Darth Johnny. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, my first show was was Macbeth 2018. I played Malcolm. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Malcolm is the son of Duncan, who is the current king. Uh, Macbeth 
murders Duncan, and then Malcolm runs away like a pansy uh, and hides out with uh, Macduff for a while until he realizes he has to come back and seize his crown. Doesn't he kill Macbeth at the end? No. I mean, yes uh, yes and no. Uh, I make Macduff do it. I just kind of stand around, look pretty. Oh, okay. I was like, you know what? I'm a prince. I don't fight. You go get my crown for me. Bring it back. Lazy mother. Yeah, it was great. It was perfect. I had like three scenes. It was a good introduction to it. And then uh, since then, I had done every show after that, and it's gotten progressively easier yeah. to, to kind of get it. Oh, wrap, your, yeah. wrap your head around the language a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I guess once you do it once, you kind of get more involved in like, all right, I understand yeah. I mean, language. And I think I've had maybe like a grand total of like, this is the longest I've done without yeah. having done a show for them. So since January of this year, I've only had like three weeks away from have you done, not looking at it. So Have you done acting classes? Uh, a few. I took a couple in college, mm-hmm. and then I took one with Mindy Woodhead outside of college. Oh, that would be the, the first show I did after Dublin was actually a one-act for my girlfriend at CSN called One Tennis Shoe. It was written by Shel Silverstein, oh. who, I, who I love. And it's literally this one-act show about, a one-act play about uh, Harvey and his wife, who is insane and will put anything in her purse, uh, including hubcaps, chicken bones, a full bowl of cooked oatmeal it was really weird was this in that one book of like a whole bunch of poems they had i don't know i couldn't find the source material for it oh interesting i just got the play and i was like cool that was fun but uh mindy was one of my colleagues at ift who was teaching this directing class at csn that my girlfriend was taking and so i kind of hooked back up with her and she and i my girlfriend and i took classes with her and did a couple of like scene study classes with her so do you do adler um Strausberg. Strausberg. Meisner. Meisner. Um, Which one are you? It's like a horoscope. Uh, so I kind of, uh, I know the basics of all three. Okay, that's I good. would say if I had to pick one, mm, Scotty, you're going to yell at me for this one. If I had to pick one that I use the most often, it's Strausberg. Which one is that? Strasbourg is big on memory recall. Okay. So if I need to be sad, I just think about a time in my life when I was actually sad, and I legit make myself feel that feeling. Uh, it is not healthy. <laughs> it is it is very bad. Uh, from what, so I'm told. I'm really good at compartmentalizing, so it's fine. But that's I think that's what I do for the the deeper roles because I I find um, I find like the the living truthfully in a, an imaginary circumstance is great, mm-hmm. except that I'm I overanalyze things. So uh, I forgot her name. Oh no, uh, not Adler. Shoot. It's someone. Yeah, it, one of the acting, one of the acting peoples out there has like a giant, like sixty, sixty question, sixty page, not sixty page, sixty question questionnaire about like what are you feeling and touching and seeing and smelling, and I feel like that just gets me too in my own head about it. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, let's just go full emotion with it. But if I had to pick another one, uh, I'd say it's like a Strasberg Meisner because they're all kind of the same. Yeah, they, just they it, just focus on different things. I think Meisner is a big one for me. Yeah. Um, because I I need that reaction from whoever I'm with because I've acted you know, nine or 10 plays this year. And there were, you could tell that my acting would suffer if my partner in the scene wasn't communicating with me. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, I get you. It almost looks like I'm acting to it's the chemistry, another actor, but we're not right? acting together. Yeah, exactly. Like there were a couple of times where I'm, I'm in a scene and I'm feeling really good about it. And I'm trying to like give this emotion to one of my, my partners in the scene. And they're just kind of like letting it drop. And they're doing a great performance. Like, they're, they're fantastic at what they're doing, but it's just kind of they're acting around what's happening instead of acting, like, in the scene and, and kind of becoming a, a unit. It's almost like a how can I be the, the star of this scene instead of trying to work together to tell the story. Oh, you know what I mean? so they're trying to take that 
star away from both yeah. of you. And I don't think it's I don't think it's like malicious. Yeah. I think it's just that that's who they are. Yeah, almost. Or not who they are, but like more or less how they act. Yeah, and it's it bums me out because like it's a great performance that's just not connecting on either side, and there's only so much you can do to try to like bridge that gap if if mm-hmm. they're not doing it. Want to help? Yeah. Know? So did you? Um, do any short films like acting short films in the community so far, or have you not? No, it's a trick question. No, it's not a trick question. Have I done this before? Shoot, if you haven't, if you don't remember, I you, have. You have. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember which ones. So I haven't done any acting outside of an edu- film acting outside of like educational yeah. things. I don't believe. Oh, that's a lie. I was in a commercial. Oh my, lying sack of shit. Oh yeah, well, that wasn't really a commercial in the film community. I mean, in the bigger. Am I a lying sack of shit? I love you. What You're was. awesome. Uh, I was in a couple of my students' short films when they were graduating. I was mm-hmm. like, "Screw it, they need people. Yeah. I can, I can be people." They were not good. Yeah. Uh, the the, sh- the films were fine. Like they're student films, so the the quality is you know a student film quality, yeah. but they're decent for what they were. I was not good in them. But you didn't act at that time, so yeah. you just were helping them out. So it's yeah, it was now, natural, but it wasn't yeah. great. Was it like a curb your enthusiasm <laughs> style fil- student film? You know, it kind of felt like it was so funny because like all the other actors are trying to be like super dramatic and actory. And I'm just kind of there just saying my lines. Yeah. Like I would in normal and in, in everyday life. And I was like, you're so good. And I'm like, okay. I'm watching something completely different. Cause I'm looking at it and it just looks like I'm just being an asshole. Saying, everyone is so serious. And I'm just like, what up guys? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fun. Did I do anything outside of school though? I don't think I did film wise. Mm-hmm. Huh? I don't know. I don't know you. That well, Shit. enough to know. I know we had talked about doing stuff, but we never got a chance you to never, actually yeah. do it. Because I'm a piece of shit. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I think we're just both busy at the same time. Yeah, I don't think I've done anything film-wise outside of yeah. outside of school. And weirdly enough, we, have a, we also have another weird thing between us, too. It's, I think you mentioned it, or I mentioned it, or you. I think you mentioned it. It's whenever you get a job. <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny, because we met at Fremont East, and I think, like, literally a month after we met, I was like, all right, I quit. Yeah, they, I think uh, like two weeks. Not even, not even yeah, I think it was yeah, two you're, weeks. You think you gave her two weeks when I started? When I when I found out you were officially coming yeah. on board, which has nothing to do with yeah. You. I, I was told by one of the managers to like delegate and make sure you're doing whatever yeah. it is you're doing, and then I was told by the owner of the company you just stick to your lane and do what you're supposed to do. So I quit. Yeah. I was like, I can't. It's too confusing. Yeah, like I I would for in a heartbeat come back and work for Freeman. Like yeah. if he ever asked, I would totally yeah. come back, but I, I would not work for Mimi. Sorry. It's understandable. You know, different just, strokes for different folks. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, if you're going to own a production company, know about production. Yeah. That's and then, just my thing. And then when I started at uh, Lightspeed, you're like, I'm going to be gone two weeks. Oh, God. Yeah. we. I think we made it a year, though. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, because you started, what, 2018? Um, I literally lasted a year there. Oh, shit. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like six months. Six, six months, months, and yeah. they fired me. And then I left March. That's hilarious. Because then I, came, I literally came back because you left. Yeah. Because there was an opening available. So you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, I, I questioned my my sanity for like a week after I came back. Yeah. It was great. No, no, no. It's a completely different vibe in there. Because I I had it down to there was a really good job at the Las Vegas library going back to teaching. Yeah. And doing like film oh, cool. and music. And it was really cool. It was like this multi-million dollar room that they had that had all these camera equipment and all this DJ What library? This was going to be uh, the one that they just built on Bonanza. Oh, yeah. I've been there, actually. Oh, I, nice. I, I just went there when it opened up. Well, it opened up a while back. Yeah, so. it was probably April. Yeah, I went in April because we were doing like a story on it. And, oh yeah, and uh, all, 
when I went, they had this DJ equipment and mm-hmm. like the like a podcast room or something like that. I think they that's had what a, they interviewed but me for. It was really cool. It was a really nice room, and I hope they keep. I I, I haven't been back there since. I hope they're keeping it nice. That, I, yeah, it was a really nice library. Honestly, like I was like, I wish I lived in this area just to go to this library, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't. <laughs> I think though, I I guarantee they're taking great care of it because the people that interviewed me were amazing and super yeah. passionate about what they do. And I, I, I felt I nailed the interview because yeah. they're like, so let's talk about your, you know, experience. I, yeah. you know, whatever, all that yeah, nonsense. I want to go back there just play with the DJ shit. Like yeah. honestly. And at, in theory, they've got virtual reality stuff now. Yeah. They got a whole bunch of stuff. I did the interview on a Tuesday. I got a call and I got an email on a Friday. Sorry. I went in a different direction. Got the interview back at Lightspeed, I think on a Monday. And I was like, cool, Lightspeed doesn't drug test. I can finally smoke again. Because I took like six months off of smoking to make sure that I could get whatever job. And the yeah. library is like a very specific, because yeah. it's county. Um, so I got back at Lightspeed. A week and a half later, I shot NAB. While I'm at NAB working for Able Cine, I get a call from the damn library being like, you want to come back and, and work for us? Oh, I shit. Like, I can't pass it. I can't pass the drug test now. Yeah. And I was like, well, how much is it going to make? And they told me, and I was like, well... It's a bit of a pay cut for what I'm making now. And they're like, well, just think about it and give us a call back. And I felt so bad turning that down because, like, it'd be the closest thing I have to teaching. You can't take again. a pay cut, though. Yeah. And yeah, that time. was the thing is because I'm already, like, seven months unemployed. Gives yeah. You, and that gives you a new perspective on finances. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing now besides light speed and acting and stuff like that? Anything else you're doing? No, it kind of eats up most of my time, it's unfortunately. A, mm-hmm. But I've been uh, working on some, some scripts for some tutorials. Not really tutorials. I had a really cool idea. And hopefully by the time this is out, I've got at least one up, um, like a little mini series called What's the Difference, mm-hmm. uh, where it might not be for a broad audience, but things like what's the difference between shutter speed and shutter angle and like how to oh. tell the difference and convert between the two. Uh, one that I'm really excited about is the difference between additive and subtractive colors because I'm a huge color fiend. And there was a viral video that came out probably two or three months ago now about this woman talking about how the primary colors are actually cyan, magenta, and yellow. And that magenta doesn't actually exist. And it was a really good video, and there were a lot of really good facts in there. But it it only talked about print colors, but it never talked about it in a way that defines that. So she was saying, "Oh, well, these are your primary colors because mm-hmm. red, red, yellow, and blue don't make the colors or whatnot." Um, and it was in it's all factually accurate. It's really good information. But it if you just took that at face value, you're getting rid of like the RGB concepts and. Yeah what your screens are seeing. And I think that's kind of a weird, dangerous way to go. So I want to make a quick little like interactive training. I about would that. love to know that because I would, no. I would now I'm like, what? It's interesting. Well, it's, it's really interesting. RGB, obviously any screens that you yeah. have, any light, light emitting devices are going to give you colors in an RGB spectrum mm-hmm. and anything printed is going to give you your values in a CMYK yeah. color spectrum, which most people know. Cause you'll see like RGB all the time when they're playing games or, um, Printers still come with CMYK cartridges. but yeah, and that's what the spectrum of color, I think, on a computer monitor, like you said, in general, goes mm-hmm. off of RGB, mm-hmm. right? Anything that emits light. Because when you combine red, green, and blue in equal amounts and mm-hmm. full intensities, it gets you white. Yeah. And then for CMYK... I wonder why <laughs> white's in the middle. <laughs> exactly. No, and that's exactly yeah. it. And then anything printed uh, is, is cyan, magenta, yellow, and yeah. the, the black comes in because when you combine cyan, magenta, yellow, you get black, but it's really like a shitty brown color. 
So that's really cool. I like black. It's about if you're emitting or reflecting light. It's really interesting. That is interesting. I hope, I hope we do these. It'd be uh, it'd be fun. It's something that I'm trying to do. I just haven't had a lot of time to do it. I'll find some time to do it. It's new year, <laughs> new, new year, new you, man. Exactly. New I had year, a, new year. I found my goals list at the beginning of this year. Oh, very nice. Didn't do a single one. Oh, ah, uh, did one of them. You know what? goals? I think goal list like a whole year off. I mm-hmm. can't do five year goals or six year goals, no. whatever goals. I need to do like goals that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to aim for this thing mm-hmm. and get it. Cool. If I can't, I'll cool. kind of rechange it a little bit. Uh, restructure. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. No, every time I make a plan, it's yeah. like, the universe is like, hey, go fuck yourself. Yeah, but also, who's really <laughs> following their new, like, who follows their New Year's resolution for a whole year? Yeah. I'm lucky if I make it to like January. Yeah, you, you like last for like a day or two. two I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the gym and lose weight. Well, and that's then like three days in, I'm like, you know what? Sounds good, bread. You know what? I'm doing the reverse. I'm going to get my winter beach body going in the summer. I'm going to just go <laughs> to the gym because no one's going to go to the gym in the summer. Yeah. Everyone's going to the gym in the winter. Just do my winter that beach body. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I got to get my winter bod going. <laughs> but my winter body, like six pack status. and everything, you know. In the summer, I have a hibernation body. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so here's a question I like mm-hmm. to ask to everyone also on the podcast is about the film community in a general mm-hmm. sense. Like, I don't know how much have you seen of the film community uh, or industry out here in general, but what have you seen, if you have any um, insight, and what are the weaknesses, strengths, pluses, minuses? You know, have you seen it grow and have you seen it, you know, de- decrease, stay the same in those years that you've been here? So I've kind of dipped my toe in and out of the the film world because I've done mostly corporate videos, event, mm-hmm. event yeah. coverage. So I'm not terribly deep into it. But what I've seen as someone who's semi in, but mostly an outsider, is we have grown a lot. Um you talk about our free money East days. This was 2012, 2013. Yeah. It was basically like five, six productions, uh, Levy, which does do film ish. Yeah. Uh, and then silver state productions. And that was, those was really like the big ones. And then, then yeah. we had us who had all the potential in the world, just focusing on the smaller projects. But now you've got, you know, quantum arc, you've got the Mahal brothers who were around back then, but they're starting to crank out content. I think they yeah. do like two or three features a year now, which is cool. Something like that. Um, but we've grown a lot, and I think a lot of that has to do with a massive influx of people from California mm-hmm. who are taking that background here. Um, but the the big downside that I don't feel enough people talk about is we're allowing I'm trying to think the nicest way to say this. We're allowing sub subpar work to be passed off as like high quality. I filmmaking. agree with you. Yeah. And I was talking to one of the producers who used to work at Lightspeed. He helped produce a couple of films uh, for. Indie Film Factory. Kelly, for Kelly yeah. Schwartz, um, who I haven't had the chance to meet yet, but I've heard great things. Um, he had a great way about it. And he's like, yeah, we make B-movies. Yeah. And it's nice to hear that from somebody who's making these because you see all these films that are coming out and they're like, well, we won this obscure film festival yeah. award in Florida. And I'm like, that's great, but it's still obscure. not great. Like, it's yeah. not, and I'm not shitting on him because no, it's and, more movies than I've ever I, made. I mentioned this on the podcast when uh, George Elias was on the podcast as well. And, you know, I mean, I never really met and talked to Kelly Schwartz mm-hmm. personally one on one. I respect his hustle. But yeah. I'm, not a fan, I'm personally not a fan of the films he's made. Agreed. So I mean, again, even the Mahals respect the hustle. Yeah. But not a fan of the films. Yeah. And the problem I see in the film community, and I've said this a handful of times on the podcast, is that one, we're clickish. Yeah. We're very clickish. Yeah. Two, there's nothing that reaches that next. Gla- like we can't break the glass. We can no. kiss the glass, but what can get us to that next? Break, you mm-hmm. know, we'll break the glass because you have like I was saying this uh, on last week's podcast. You have Scorsese in New York, yep. right? You have like Linkletter. You think of Texas when you think of I mean, when you see Scorsese, you think of New York, mm-hmm. but you don't really think of any like filmmaker really well known coming out of Vegas. 
Which is weird. Yeah. And also, like, you know what, too? I think there's too much emphasis on the stratosphere, uh, mm. not the stratosphere, but the strip, the strip. in general, uh, like, you know, partying and all that shit. Like, when you watch something like Moonlight, you think, you don't know that's Miami, but mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit, that's Miami. Right. Or whatever. I think it's Miami, right? I think or, so. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, I think it's so. somewhere out there. It's somewhere yeah. in Florida, but mm-hmm. like, it's like, holy shit, like, I want to see the suburbs of, of Las Vegas now. And I, I don't yeah. want to see a horror film. That's, and th- that's my thing. It's always sci fi or horror. And, yeah. they're, and they're not like, high budget things so yeah. they get you know they get the funding from a few handful of people who like to be around the same handful of people very yeah. clickish and, and yeah that, and that doesn't help growth either no i mean i i had, don't have a doubt in my mind that if i put effort into getting into the the that industry here i yeah. think i could um and i think i could probably do pretty well in it i just don't know if i want to which sounds bad i yeah. mean i mean i'm again i'm not shitting on it it's great for the people that want to be in it i just I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's for me. And I feel like uh, I had a thought and I lost it. Oh, sorry. It's no, okay. no, you're good. Uh, what the hell? Oh, no. The, to, to back on like seeing the suburbs of Vegas, like it bums me out because the people that aren't in Vegas don't know about the cool parts of Vegas. Yeah. Like that they all just think what the, you know, what happens here stays mm-hmm. here. But you got like Mount Charleston and Red Rock and all these Valley cool Fire, little yeah. suburbs of Valley of Fire out there. Even like downtown Henderson looks freaking awesome. It looks oh, yeah. like a small town. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Nelson's Landing out there that you can shoot some stuff in. You've got the dry lake bed. Like there's so many, Mount, uh, I just said Mount Charleston, but there's like wooded areas yeah. out there. So you have all these different locale, locales that you can use in Vegas that no one ever does because they're like, well, we're four hours from LA. So let's just do that. Yeah. But um, my prediction or, or is that we'll see to- more. Or it goes to a horror film. Or, yeah. Or it's like, let's go out in the desert and grab a bus, and it'll be, you know, it's like a party bus, because it's Vegas, and it's in hell, so I'm like, it's great. (laughs) Party bus to hell, too. Oh, God. Bus party to hell. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I'm not. It's it's just, you know what? I just want truth and honest. I want truth, justice in the American way. (laughs) Really, truth, justice. Sam Peckinpah. (laughs) (laughs) I really just want a truth, honest opinion. Yeah. Opinions, because everyone, and just seeing it through the perspective of the everyday person who really like sees what the film community is doing mm-hmm. or just in general, like knows of it from like, you know, shit, cause we need, we need to figure out what the pain points are and what the strengths are and what we can do that next level. Also. I mean, that's why we're doing, that's yeah. why I'm doing this. Well, you know, what's really funny. So let's, uh, let's, I'll pick, pick, pick at the Mahals again for a yeah. second. I think that if they went to LA and they got budgets mm-hmm. and they got a studio backing them, I bet they could make fantastic oh. films. Oh, I bet. I bet, you know, and uh, films that I probably wouldn't enjoy, but like just from my personal taste, yeah. but I bet you they would kill it if someone out there with a little bit more direction was like, let's reel you in a little bit. Yeah. I think they'd be freaking amazing. Dude. I think they'd be cranking out. I think half the people in this town could print it out so much more, but I think, yeah. and I think it goes back to the click part that you were talking about is that everyone wants to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And, and we see it in the theater community quite a bit here is if we all just kind of smush together to become more cohesive, yeah. I think we can make some really cool shit. I, I think so too. And I think also I'm going to knock on your actors a little bit too, but some of them are a little Donna. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hate, to, I hate to be that guy, but it, yeah. I mean, what I've seen or what I've heard. There are a lot of actors out here. Like I just went through the, the casting process for Taming. There were people that because we did a, a night of two nights of monologues. You know, mm-hmm. come and do a monologues, and we'll call you back. What if wait, you wait, what you say, Tammy? Taming of the Troop. Oh, oh, it is. Um, when I was doing the casting of that, uh, we got a huge turn. Well, for us, a huge turn, like fifty or sixty people yeah. auditioning. Which for us, usually we get like ten to twelve, and it's usually just our company members. But we're growing and becoming a bigger thing. There were people that I wrote off before they started their monologue because their freaking attitude. Wow. Like people who walked in and just like reeked of being a diva, and like. Wanting to own the whole place and be like, you're going to cast me, so why am I even here? And I'm like, no, I'm not calling you back. Yeah. That's that, that simple. Like, 
And I think that that's that's huge out here, and it bothers me because it goes. We're not doing anything yeah. out here that's like crazy and, good. Yeah, and like, I, and also another thing too is like well, I've heard from what we talked about on the previous podcast. Now, see if you agree with me. Is the hustle out here so not good? Mm. It's, it's hit or miss. Yeah. It is because like you go if you go to L.A. Mm-hmm. What people have told me is like the hustle there is real. People are hustling every day to get yeah. that new thing, get that yeah. boom, 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 boom. Even New York, going back to where I live in New York, New Jersey, people are hustling to get the gigs, mm-hmm. or even actors hustling to get that thing. I mean, you're 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 pimping yourself out on yeah. the set of a job, being like, yeah. "Hey, what do you need next week? I don't have yeah. work." Probably, yeah, no. And then like out here, I feel like the hustle isn't real. I I agree with that. I agree with that to a certain extent. I feel like uh, people have a different definition because mm-hmm. I still see it and I thought it would be better once I start to prune certain people out of my life but we'll get people that will be like yes let's do this thing yeah and then disappear and I yeah. and I to to a certain extent I am that guy because I just get hella yeah. busy but like it's so prevalent out here whereas anything on the east coast I feel like you bring any east coasters out here to Vegas and they'll run circles around anyone out here because yeah. people are just slow and they're lazy and they don't want to be here or whatever social anxiety bullshit they're talking about now like it's so weird because there's a lot of talent out yeah. here and then just nobody wants to work for it. That's what it is. There's such a sense of entitlement. With yeah. Everyone, like the film community, the, the theater community, like everyone feels entitled to a piece of whatever this is, but they don't want to work for it. Mm-hmm. And when you tell them, you know, oh, well, you have to do this, this, or this to qualify or whatever, yeah. or to prove that you really want it, they don't do it. It's weird. And also, too, I think there was something else I had um, I wanted to say. Last, last point on that is... Uh, um, one second, I just lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah, a really good point. I'm like, yeah, and then I'm like, fuck, I forgot what I said. Um, what was we were talking about the film? Clickishness coming but, together. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, something different. Uh, oh, you know what it is? Let me see if you ever realize this, but people that do projects don't release their projects. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm me too. this too. Oh, me too. Like, that's a big problem, I yeah. feel like, too, out here. Because mm-hmm. they're either waiting for that money to make that distribution money, yep. or but like a lot of the... People that are up and coming, like me, you, in general. Why are we waiting for obscure film festivals to get back to us and getting that thing on the, you know? Just put it out there. I mean, I mean, God bless you for getting the film festival. I'm not gonna, yeah, not striking down, but like still, put it out there even after the film festival, mm-hmm. even before. Like I, that's the problem too with film festivals. I think too is that they fucking say, hey, you can't put this on YouTube. You can't put this on Vimeo. Yeah. It's like, well, I've waited a year to see this film because we've been working on it. Why can't you just fucking put it on Vimeo for the incident to the cast or crew? Why can't you? Because yeah. I want to see the work. Yeah. So I think that's another issue as well. No, for sure. I, I fall into that pitfall of not releasing things or like failing to start things because I, I get into it and I'm like, well, this isn't as good as I want it to be. Yeah. And I'm trying to train myself out of that um, just because you know, if it's not good, it's not good. It yeah. doesn't matter. Just put it out there. I would rather see someone put out like shit stuff and then be able to see like a, a really good yeah. like progression and growth through their stuff. So I'd rather just get your... Shit out there. Yeah. Even if it's not good, just put it out there. Like, it sucks. People are going to shit on you, but do it. Hey, you know what? You learn from shit getting shit on. Yeah. Criticism is a big thing, and they people need to understand that, too, out here. Yeah. Oh, one one final note, hustling, and hopefully by this comes out, they'll be a little bigger. One of my students left halfway through uh, school at IFT to go do his own thing, and that dude is he is insane. He's flying yeah. to Indiana. He's flying to oh, the wow. South. He's flying to freaking all him. over the place. And he's just doing, you know, these small things here and there, but he's working constantly. It's rising Phoenix or rise again. Phoenix. Oh, oh, uh, Edgar, Edgar. Yeah, dude, Edgar and his whole like crew yeah. of people just hustle the shit out of Vegas. Yeah. Like it's insane. And I, I hope that they do really, really well. Cause they are cool people. 
Cool. I want to get Edgar on the show, actually. Ooh, Edgar. I mean, by the time he's probably going to say yes, by the time this comes out. Oh, but I need, still. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> if he doesn't say yes, fuck that guy. <laughs> oh. No, I'm kidding. I, I love you. Don't, <laughs> don't. No, he's good. Actually, we he uh, reached out about the opening position at uh, Lightspeed. Can't do it because he's busy hustling yeah. his ass off for other work, but he's just a good dude. Nice. Dude, talented dude. Any other things? Any other tidbits or nuggets you want to leave for the rest of the people? Uh, hmm. I don't think so. We covered a lot today. We did cover a lot. This was fun. This is fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd love to come back and shoot the shit some you more. You will come back. I have other ideas for other things I want to do, so awesome. don't worry. Uh, I just have a backlog of people I have to get interviewed <laughs> first, so it'll be a like while. Like Edgar and Freeman. And and everyone. And everyone that I don't know that's should, on the list. You see, you want to see, I'll show you the list after. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll bring out the list for Please. you. Yeah. I love that. So, uh, social media, please. Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Wood, J-O-H-N-I-E Wood. You can find me at Instagram and the uh, more humble, the Johnny Wood, spelled the same way. Uh, and then Facebook, uh, Johnny Wood 4, Johnny Wood IV. Boom. And you can go to johnnywood.com. Oh. Ask me questions okay. about manatees. I'm here for it. Really? It's an inside joke for my contact page. Oh, okay. But Does it have something about manatees yeah. on it? I like it. I have a drop-down menu of like filmmaking questions. Acting questions, general questions, facts about manatees. And I want them. If you have facts about manatees, send them to me. They are oh, my I favorite you, animal. I thought people were going to ask you questions about manatees. Oh, I'll answer your questions, too. But if you have facts about them. You know I'll a lot about them. manatees? No, I don't know. Uh, they're herbivores. Oh, okay. Well, uh, they're no go. longer endangered. Oh. Uh, they like Spanish moss. And uh, I resemble one on a Saturday morning. All right. That round with a head of lettuce. It's great. All righty. Well, good for, good <laughs> what for a way to end Saturday. this. Well, good for you and your Saturdays. Right? Yeah. Well, Johnny, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. Also, again, mentioning this, we have the Patreon page. And if you want to be a part of that, I have great plans in the future, like that live stream I was telling you about that I want to do. So we need to get, like, I think... 400 people to start doing that on the Patreon page. I know that's a lot of people, but at the same time, maybe I'll do it for 200 or 100 people on being fans on the page. Who knows? I want to, I want to start doing awesome things for you guys. I just need you guys. Even if you don't like, you know, pledge to the Patreon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. It's all about the people and the reach. And I just want people to know people's stories. And Johnny has a great story. Everyone who's been on the podcast so far has had a great story. And I really enjoy talking to them and learning more about them because I don't really learn in general more about my friends. I'm very not good at it, but <laughs> I love when I listen to them in general now and like learning about their story. It's, it's, oh, I just enjoy the energy. So guys, uh, remember I can't do this without you. Can't do it with the love and support of my frame chasers, hashtag frame chasers. And I mentioned this again and I'll mention it again and again and again, but I'm, Almost 100% certain that I'm going to make a shirt. Oh. Yes. Hashtag Frame Chasers shirt. I still don't know what color I'm going to do. Either white or gray with black lettering. But I can't do I don't know yet. We'll, I'd we'll, buy one. You would? I'd buy one, yeah. I'll give it to you for free. Hey, see? There you go. You I wanted to get it for the guests and give it to free, but I don't, I don't know the whole spiel yet about <laughs> how I'm going to do this and like how much it costs. So Fair. I really can't do this without you guys. So if you guys want it, maybe I'll put it in an extra tier. Ooh. Or we'll figure out something else and I'll try to keep you guys posted about that. So, again, guys, thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. And I'll catch you next time on Chasing the Frame. Thank you. Ooh. Can't do it because he's busy hustling yeah. his ass off for other work, but he's just a good dude. Nice. Good dude, talented dude. Any Understands other things? Any other tidbits or nuggets you want to leave for the rest of the people? Uh, hmm. 
I don't think so. We covered a lot today. We did cover a lot. This was fun. This is fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd love to come back and shoot you, the shit some you more. You will come back. I have other ideas for other things I want to do, so awesome. don't worry. Uh, I just have a backlog of people I have to get interviewed <laughs> first, so it'll be a like while. Like Edgar and Freeman. And and everyone. And everyone that I don't know that's should, on the list. You should see, you want see, I'll show you the list after. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll bring out the list for please. you. Yeah. I love that. So uh, social media, please. Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Wood, J-O-H-N-I-E Wood. You can find me at Instagram and the uh, more humble, the Johnny Wood, spelled the same way. Uh, and then Facebook, uh, Johnny Wood 4, Johnny Wood IV. Boom. And you can go to johnnywood.com. Oh. Ask me questions okay. about manatees. I'm here for it. Really? It's an inside joke for my contact page. Oh, okay. But Does it have something about manatees yeah. on it? I like it. I have a drop down menu of like filmmaking questions, acting questions, general questions. Facts about manatees. And I want them. If you have facts about manatees, send them to me. They are oh, my I favorite you, animals. I thought people were going to ask you questions about manatees. Oh, I'll answer your questions, too. But if you have facts about them. You know a lot about manatees? No, I don't know. Uh, they're herbivores. Oh, okay. Well, uh, they're no go. longer endangered. Oh. Uh, they like Spanish moss. And uh, I resemble one on a Saturday morning. All right. That round with a head of lettuce. It's great. All righty. Well, good for, good <laughs> what for a way to sa- end this. <laughs> good for you and your Saturdays. Right? Yeah. Well, Johnny, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. Also, again, mentioning this, we have the Patreon page. And if you want to be a part of that, I have great plans in the future, like that live stream I was telling you about that I want to do. So we need to get, like, I think... 400 people to start doing that on the Patreon page. I know that's a lot of people, but at the same time, maybe I'll do it for 200 or 100 people on being fans on the page. Who knows? I want to, I want to start doing awesome things for you guys. I just need you guys. Even if you don't like, you know, pledge to the Patreon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. It's all about the people and the reach. And I just want people to know people's stories. And Johnny has a great story. Everyone who's been on the podcast so far has had a great story. And I really enjoy talking to them and learning more about them because I don't really learn in general more about my friends. I'm very not good at it, but <laughs> I love when I listen to them in general now and like learning about their story. It's, it's, oh, I just enjoy the energy. So guys, uh, remember I can't do this without you. Can't do it with the love and support of my frame chasers, hashtag frame chasers. And I mentioned this again and I'll mention it again and again and again, but I'm, Almost 100% certain that I'm going to make a shirt. Oh. Yes. Hashtag Frame Chasers shirt. I still don't know what color I'm going to do. Either white or gray with black lettering. But I can't do I don't know yet. Well, I'd well, buy one. You would? I'd buy one, yeah. I'll give it to you for free. Hey, see? There you go. You were a I wanted to get it for the guests and give it to free, but I don't, I don't know the whole spiel <laughs> yet about how I'm going to do this and like how much it costs. So right. I really can't do this without you guys. So if you guys want it, maybe I'll put it in an extra tier. Ooh. or we'll figure out something else and I'll try to keep you guys posted about that. So again, guys, thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. And I'll catch you next time on Chasing the Frame. Thank you. Ooh. We'll figure out something else and I'll try to keep you guys posted about that. So again, guys, thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. And I'll catch you next time on Chasing the Frame. Thank you. Ooh. Next time on Chasing the Frame. Thank you. We'll figure out something else, and I'll try to keep you guys posted about that. So, again, guys, thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. And I'll catch you next time on Chasing the Frame. Thank you.